0: Welcome to the Point of Impact Podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now here's Rick. Welcome to the Point of Impact Podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. Great to have you joining us again today. As we continue focusing on this theme of fear, overcoming various kinds of fear. Before we jump into that, let me just say, A few things. First of all, my new book, This is Living, Daily Inspiration to Live Your Faith, is coming out on January the 4th, and the cover is now available. You can actually see the cover. So if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, you would be able to see that. Twitter, it's at Rick McDaniel. Instagram, it's Rick McDaniel underscore official. Facebook it's Pastor Rick McDaniel so whichever one you happen to follow the uh, picture of the cover is there and in the coming weeks there'll be a, another one that shows both the front and the back cover which will be a good it will be a good one for you too but I'm excited to share that with you and I'll be talking in the weeks to come uh, about pre-ordering the book because Amazon will Posted, and you would be able to pre order the book. And then, as soon as it comes out, boom, it's right in your hands. The idea is to get it out as close to the first of the year as possible. So, as you're thinking about, hey, what should I do in the new year? One of the great things you could do is start each day with a little inspirational reading. It will only take you two and a half to three minutes to read each one. Of these devotions, and there's a hundred of them. So you can just start your your year off with a good little thought for the day. There's great stories. I just have these fantastic stories of all these places that I've been and these experiences that I've had. And there's just uh, great stuff there that is really interesting. You know, you're going to learn things that you didn't know. There'll be a, a good scripture and a just a good application for you. So if you're looking for some inspiration and motivation, some really interesting stories, something that you can start your day with. Of course you could read it at the end of the day anytime you want, you could read it at lunch, but the idea is they're just short little readings. They only take again like two and a half or three minutes. And then you're 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 on your way. So it's something that I'm really looking forward to sharing with you. Wish you could get out there sooner, but I'm told I'm fortunate it's getting out this soon with all the supply chain issues and all the other stuff. So I'm thankful that we're able to get it out uh, at the beginning of the year. This is Living Daily Inspiration to Live Your Faith and uh, be looking for it. But go on one of my social medias. You can see you can see a cover from the book. And I would just say, I just uh, had a meeting and went over some of the uh, statistics and analytics with the prey.com folks, and it's pretty impressive, 30,000 listens already in less than two months, uh, really significantly less than about a month and a half. So that's that's pretty strong. So a lot of folks are listening. I think that's great, about 2,100 folks are just following so they get a notification whenever there's a new devotion up so i would just encourage you to get on pray.com again you can listen live on pray radio uh, which is part of the pray.com app that is uh, available at 2:30 eastern time 11:30 pacific time every day monday through friday Or you can just go to the channels uh, tab and scroll down to daily devotions with Pastor Rick McDaniel and there you would be able to access any of them on demand and there's already, you know, close to 30 and there'll be uh, more coming your way uh, each each week new new ones are added and I'm recording all the time so yeah just to encourage you to take advantage of that and you know let's uh, be be part of the be part of the folks that follow click the 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 follow button or the heart or whatever it is that says hey I want to get this stuff and then it'll just be dropped automatically for you and uh, that's something I think that's uh, best way to go but also if you um you know wanna listen live, that's great as well. And um however you want to do it, just become a listener. And it's thirty thousand folks already. So join the group and let's see let's see if you can't again have a way uh, in an audible way while you're listening. Have again two and a half, three minutes, start your day and, and then when the book comes out and get that too and you are on your way. So those are some good things that are happening uh, with uh, with me and stuff that I'm doing already starting just started now to work on a new book which I've been preparing for a long 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 time and now it's time to put it all together so looking forward to that as well but today we want to continue focusing on fear and I want to talk about a fear you know we talk about finances and the future uh, you know, things that maybe are a little more common when you think of failure, you know, these sorts of things. But now I want to talk today about the fear of endings, overcoming the fear of endings. And you know, you may think, gosh, that's kind of different. But just think about it. Life is filled with endings. You, you can't avoid it no matter how hard you try. There are some things that you must end, and um, the question is, are you ending them? And by the way, there's some things that uh, end, and you don't have a choice one way or the other. You know, life is filled with endings. Some you choose, some you don't. And I want to talk with you today about endings and about overcoming the the fear of them. There's a, a verse, it's kind of a famous verse in the Bible because songs have been written from it you know it's ecclesiastes 3 everything on earth has its own time and its own season and that's chapter 3 verse 1 you know that's it goes there's a time for birth and death for planting and reaping for killing and healing for destroying and building for crying and laughing for weeping and dancing for throwing stones gathering stones and then the, this the, for embracing and parting for beginning and ending, for finding and losing. I mean, there. this is just, this is a part of life. And yet, our fear of endings keeps us from ending things that need to end. So let's just start with why. Why do we fear endings? Well, we fear confrontation. Big one, big, big, big. Uh, very few people are comfortable with confrontation, even though it's a necessity in life. I've talked about this before. I'm sure I'll talk about it many times in the future. I mean, there's just no way to avoid confrontations in life if you're going to have healthy relationships. There are going to be times you're just going to have to confront. Now, I'm not saying you have to like it or enjoy it, but you have to be willing to do it. You have to be willing to do it there are times it's absolutely crucial it's necessary and you must be willing to confront however challenging or difficult that might be and endings generally require confrontation so it's it's there you know it's 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 a part of it another is just the the fear of the unknown kind of like what i talked about the fear of the future you know we we don't know what the future holds and so we have this fear of what is going to happen and, but particularly when you're talking about endings, you're talking about you don't know maybe what comes next. Fear of hurting someone. You just don't want to do it, you know? You just don't want to say it's over because in saying it's over, you know that that's going to hurt the person's feelings and you don't want to hurt their feelings so you don't bring to end something that needs to end and I have talked with so many people in my career who basically say some version of this I knew it was over but and then you know it took a year it took two years I mean it's amazing how long some folks will go what what are some other reasons because there's a lot How about this? Uh, The sadness. You don't like the sadness. You don't like the sadness that goes with endings. So you fear the ending because you just don't like the feelings. You know, you ever had somebody say to you, I'm not good at goodbyes. You know, like, we're not going to say goodbye. We are saying goodbye. We're not going to say it because I'm not good with goodbyes. But it's kind of silly, you know, like, well, it's happening. It's ending. And what would be healthy is if we could say goodbye in the right way. Not say I'm not good at goodbyes. Maybe you don't want to be seen as mean. You know, it's, you're, you're being mean. It's not mean. It's, it's, it's healthy. Endings are a part of life. And there are things that have to come to an end. It's not mean to, to, to acknowledge that. And I think along that same line, you know, there's like the fear. Like it's, uh, you know, like it's somehow a failure. You know, it's like a personal failure. And that may apply to something like divorce, where you say, "Well, you know, I, I I failed at this marriage. I I should have been successful." Okay, that that makes sense, and and that's why you should try, try, try. I just talked with someone yesterday. Try everything you can. Do people give up on marriage way too easily? I'm certain of that. But there are other endings where you didn't make a commitment before God and a bunch of people, and. Um, It's not a personal failure to just say, this didn't work. This this didn't work, so I'm going to move on. And again, going back to overcoming the fear of failure, you know, being failure friendly means you try things and not everything you try works. And so sometimes it doesn't work and you just have to, you know, pull the plug and just say, you know, cut the cord, whatever analogy you want to use. You just have to say, that's it. It's done. So... That, those are good reasons you know those are good reasons to fear endings but they're not good enough and you need to be able to overcome it so how do you do that well i think first of all this is a good starting point acknowledge life seasons life is full of seasons of cycles and endings are a normal part of that they're a normal part of a cycle and a season seasons end Seasons end, new seasons begin. If you fear endings, you can miss out on the right time to end something and then focus on something new. You miss out on the new because you couldn't end the old. Wow. Some of you, like the light bulbs are going on, you're like, holy smokes. This is something that I wish somebody would have said to me a long time ago. Well, you're hearing it today, so that's the good news. I mean, how long do you have to be involved in something to realize it's not working? It's not working. It's not working, so it needs to end. You've got to bring it to its conclusion and and to its, its ending. And if you're going to be able to move on to something new, you have to be willing to end something old. Good cannot begin until bad ends. That's worth saying again. Good cannot begin until bad ends. You cannot receive the good things in life until you end the bad. So what's bad? You know, what's bad? What is it? And again, there's all kinds of things. Do not limit this to relationships because it is far, far greater than relationships. There are endings that need to happen in all kinds of ways. Certainly relationships are significant in this, no doubt. But they're not exclusive. There are other things that you're doing that just aren't good for you. They're not healthy. They're not life-giving, affirming, whatever words you want to use. They're, They're not blessing your life. And they need to end. And you've got to end them. And the good can't begin until the bad ends. And you can't get the good things until you end the bad stuff. And again, life is cyclical and life involves seasons and transitions between the seasons. And this is normal. There's nothing about it that's not normal, it's a normal part of the process of life. My life had a radical change and ending. I started a church and pastored it for 27 years. My original plan would have been to stay there the whole time. I mean, just from a young man to an old man, you know, just stay there 40, I don't know, 50, 45, I don't know, years And then, you know, call it a wrap. That would have been my plan. But God had a a new and different plan for me. And what I've learned in, in these months since I made that transition in my own life earlier this year is that I just can't. I can't do all the things I need to do and run a large church. It just can't be done. That's just too much responsibility. Speaking every week. It's, I mean, how do you speak every week and do a podcast every week? I mean, I did it, but it was hard. How do you run a church and write a book? I've done it, but it's 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 not possible long term. And somebody's going to get gypped on that. And the answer is, that you have to bring something to an end so something new can begin. So ending my pastoral tenure, as hard as that was, and leaving all these folks that I love and care about so much, and something that I started that was my baby that I invested my entire life in, that I worked massive hours and built buildings and raised money and, you know, just other campuses and th- just incredible investment of my life, which I will always have with me. That's the thing about it, ending it. It's not erasing. I didn't say erase. I said end. All that happened is all there. It will never go away. That those those people, the ministry, the lives changed, touched, that's forever. And when you work in, in the world that I work in, it's eternal. It is forever, not forever just in this life. So I know that, but still hard to do. But again, how is it that I can then move into having a book coming out and now begin to work on this next book that I it's been in process for years, but to get it to the finish line. And to be able to do the pray.com. And to be able to accept speaking engagements. When I kept turning so many of them down. Because I I just didn't have the time. And the freedom to do that. You can't do it all. So you have to figure out. And again. This is just a new season in my life. Now I got to tell you. It's tough when you're not. When you're used to being a leader. And leading. And and, you know. You don't have something to lead anymore. At least not. I have something to lead now. But it's nowhere near as big. And significant. And. It's hard when you, you know, you like people and you like to minister to people and you've been around people and all of a sudden there's less, you know, you, that changes. But again, that's part of the transition as you move from one season to another in your life. Okay, so that's so acknowledge that there are seasons in life. There are cycles of life and, and that requires by its very definition will require endings. All right, here's the second thing. Identify necessary endings. Not everything needs to end but we need to identify necessary endings. You can fill in the blank by yourself, you know. Is there too much fill in the blank? Is there too much drama? Is there too much food? Is there too much stress? Is there too much travel? Is there too much work? Is there too much sin? I mean, you 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 can answer it for yourself. We, we don't want to be hindered. In the Hebrews, in the Bible, it talks about being hindered. We're running a race, and we don't want to be hindered and slowed down. In Corinthians, it talks about we run to win. We don't run to run. We, we run to win. Again, good can't begin until bad ends, right? So is there too much fill in the blank? What fills that? What's, what fills that? What's the blank filled with? And again, I gave you, you know, like five or six. Don't just use those. You know, I mean, you go, oh, really, it is the travel, Pastor Rick. Really, it is, you know, the the, the race, uh, the, the race, the, uh, you know, it really is the stress. Okay, but there may be other things. You got to think about it, ponder it, consider it. It's not normal to be stuck in a situation that needs to end. It's not healthy. Ending a project, a goal, a relationship is does not mean you're a quitter. I totally disagree with quitting. I have, again, spoken and written on it quite a bit and I believe it's a real problem in our culture. But this is not quitting. You should always give your best and you should never quit on effort. But there may come a time when something isn't working and it, it has to end. Quitters are people that that make commitments and then don't want to do the hard work or be willing to persevere or have the grit or the toughness to see it through. That is not good. You need to stick with it. Endings are different. Endings come... As we really look at what is happening. As we really reflect on it. And evaluate it. And come to the realization that this is a necessary ending. It, it is time for this to be done. Quitters don't think that way. That's, that's not how they get to the quitting part. They quit because it it gets hard because it gets tough because it requires more effort. They quit because they're not willing to pay the price for success. That's not what endings are about. In fact, sometimes in order to be successful or more successful, you have to end again, something in order to begin something that's even better. That's even greater. If, if you go back to my situation for a moment, I, I, I wrote this article, 1.7 million people read it. That was really a game changer for me because I said to myself and all the people I've helped, and I've helped that tens of thousands of people, ministered to them, spoke to them, all the... But I mean, 1.7 million? It's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. And that got me thinking, if I keep just staying in one place and pouring all my energy into one church in one group of people even if i write and do other things i mean 1.7 million it's just that's not a number that i could ever consistently reach now watch this this is really something so i end my time as a pastor in the church and i begin high impact living and i begin to do new things and one of those is pray.com for these daily devotions. And then the folks say, hey, we'd like to take one of your messages and do what we call our Sunday service. So I was out speaking in Kansas City and I did this message on finishing well. And so they put that on their Sunday service on on pray.com all day on Sunday. Are you ready? (laughs) Can't make this stuff up. 1.7 million people. Yeah, the exact same 1.7 million. No joke. One, to be exact, uh, 1,713,467. There it is. There it is again. Like, do you see what a confirmation that is for for somebody like me? Like, I left because I wanted to reach more people. And in the first year since I made this change and did one thing to begin something new, again, had a 1.7 million reach. And those kinds of things are confirmations that certain things have to end in order for other things to begin. All right, here's another thing about endings. Accept certain realities. Okay? So let's just let's just break down what are these realities? All right. You can only do so much. You can only do so much. Again, not to keep using myself, but this is what, you know, it's my podcast and I'm trying to share with you my stories and my life. But, you know, to pastor a large church requires all these things like I would. I have just tons of meetings that I have to attend. I have to speak every week or almost every week or weekend. Those are things that have to happen. I have a staff that I have to lead. And then how do you do other things like write, travel and speak other places, take advantage of other media opportunities, do a podcast? I mean, it was doing all those things to some degree, but you just can't. You can only do so much. You cannot be everything to everyone. Wow. That's big. You cannot be everything to everyone. You just can't, I mean, you're just a person. And so at some point you have to really just determine what, this is what, again, I did. I just said, what am I really best at? What is what is it that I'm just absolutely best at? And I mean, you could say, some people say, oh, you're you a know, good leader, you should. Yeah, but absolutely best at is the speaking, it is the writing, it is the communication. So that's where I should focus my energy for the rest of my career. That's where I should put it. Here's another one, you're not the savior of the world. The savior of the world is Jesus Christ. He is the savior of the world, you are not. You are not responsible to solve everybody's problem, rescue everybody, deliver them out of their uh, circumstances. That's not your job. It's not your responsibility. It just isn't. You cannot solve everybody's problems. You can't. I mean, I am in that, you know, that's my world. That's where I've lived. My world is trying to, you know, help people with their problems and help them solve their problems. But (laughs) problems are... How do you get to the problem? There's such complexity in it. Now, some people's problems are easier to solve than others. And that's the thing. Some are less complex. Some some are just so, there's so many uh, aspects to it. And it's just impossible. And, and here's another part of that. Some people just won't change. People would come to me and they'd say, you need to talk to so-and-so, you know, they'll listen to you. And people had this belief that somehow if I talked to them or if I asked them to come to my office, you know, that I would meet with them and I would tell them and they would listen to me and that would be the end of it. Now, that did happen and probably happened enough for people to believe that could happen all the time, but it, it didn't happen all the time. It just didn't. People would listen to me and then they do what they want to do. People would listen to all my points, even agree with me, and then not change. I mean, you just, you cannot force people to do something against their will. You can only, you know, you, you bring the horse to the water, you can't make them drink. You just got to put it in front of them and then they've got to decide. I mean, this is really what it comes down to. You know, you've got to, end things and here's the thing you know maybe you end up having an ending and it's not by your choice like sometimes if you don't end it somebody else will and it would have been better for you if you could have been the one to end it if you could have determined the 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 terms of how it was going to finish and be completed and instead somebody else says "Not this is over and I'm going to end it, and then the way they end it is not as good for you. That's really important to think about. I mean, you know, wise or foolish, that's, that's what this comes down to in, in many ways. You know, you want to be around wise people, and you want to be a wise person yourself. You don't want to be around foolish people, you don't want to be a foolish person yourself. You may be in a situation, again, whatever that situation might be, and you know this is not good. This is not working. It would be foolish to continue this. You are wasting your time. You are investing in something that will not give you a good return or even a return at all. And the answer is end it. Bring it to a conclusion. And if you can do that the right way, in a wise way, not in a harsh way, not in a quick way, not in a a way where you haven't thought it through, but, you know, just really think it through and take the steps that lead to the ending. Then you can move on to something new. Because you can't move on to something new when you're still in something old. And the good cannot begin until the bad ends. Remember that. I hope this helps you. I really do. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.